Welcome to the Encounter Church Podcast. For more information about our church and service times, please visit revival.me. Enjoy the message. When we're worshiping and we're vertical, if we're really touching God and He's touching us, if there's, a, 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 like, there's something happening within our hearts, if there's a connection there, an encounter with God, it always goes horizontal. It always affects how we live out our life. Our theology is always lived out in the way that we, the way that we relate to one another, the way that we see the world, the way that we see one another, the way that we look in the mirror even. Matter of fact, the way we see God is going to affect how we look in the mirror. If our theology is fractured, we're going to be looking in a fractured mirror. And that fractured mirror turns into a fractured window where you don't see the world the way God wants us to see. Amen. So we have to make sure that we're looking in the mirror that the Lord gives us through his word, read through the lens of the person of Jesus who is the eternal word of God. Can you say amen? amen. And the Lord is doing something, and when he's doing something in our hearts and we really resound that heavenly, yes, Lord, that it will forever change us. One encounter with Jesus will change your life forever. This is why I decided a long time ago that I'm not going to prioritize a program or I'm not going to prioritize in the church as a leader. Like the primary purpose of the church is not to uh, have potlucks, even though potlucks are great. Come on, somebody. I got to love potlucks. A bunch of different people know how to cook, throw down, bring some food. I mean, that's wonderful. The primary purpose of the church is not it's, now, I'm going to say this, and it might sound like it's contrary to what I was just saying, but it's not evangelism in and of itself. The primary purpose of the church is to be a dwelling place for God in the Spirit, and all that other stuff flows from that place of encounter. You can't tell the world about Jesus if you don't know him. If you don't know the one you're talking about, it's kind of hard to convince somebody of love, Right? It'd be like, I never spend time with my wife. I don't really love her. And I'm like, oh, you got to meet my wife. She's great. And then it's just empty. There's no substance. And the same thing happens if we try to do church outside of encounter, outside of truly encountering the Lord. And I made a decision a long time ago, Lord, I'm not going to do church without your manifest presence. Because when we worship and we encounter him, it affects everything that we do, every part of our lives. Can you say Amen. And I, I'm honored to be a part of a church that, that prioritizes the presence of God, the manifest presence of God. Uh, and it's not to say that we don't prioritize evangelism, equipping the saints, discipleship. But the first priority is encountering him and being in communion with him. And everything flows from that. And I want to I jump on here and talk about, I feel like the Lord is bringing us into a place individually and corporately where he wants us to dream bigger. And he wants us to have a greater revelation that he's a good father and that he wants to give good gifts to his children because that's what he does. He is the father of lights in whom there's no variation or shadow of turning. And, and every good and perfect gift is from him. It's from above. Every good and perfect gift is from above. And I was thinking about this verse in uh, Hebrews 11. How many are familiar with Hebrews 11.1? 1? It's the faith chapter, and I want to read this to you. Um, actually, I, I really like it in the Amplified, and so I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Uh, so if you have 
like a device, you can put that unless you have, if anyone actually has a paper Bible, not only are you a real Christian, just kidding, not kidding, sort of, but if you actually have a, a real Bible and it's amplified, I'm going to give you 20 bucks. Is there anybody here that has a real, that's rare. Someone has an amplified Bible? Do you really? Oh, it has to be here. Sorry. has to be here to count. All right. All right. You know, every once in a while, we might do that. So we'll just do like a raffle, like a spontaneous. It's, I love the Amplified. It's a lot louder. Okay. So we're going to, um, verse one, <laughs> that was just a horrible joke, horrible delivery. Now faith is the assurance or King James, the substance. I love the word substance. I feel like we need to understand that faith is a, a spiritual substance. Even in words, words are containers of spiritual substance, both good and bad. The Bible says in Proverbs, death and life is in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Jesus said, my words are spirit and they are life. Words contain spiritual substance. Faith is a substance. Your words, in fact, you know, Ephesians 4.29 says, don't let corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Your words can impart grace to build up or they can actually tear down. Words that come from a place of love that bring honor and truth can actually build people up. And it might even be a corrective word, but it can call us into our true identity. So if we speak what heaven is saying and we're declaring what heaven is saying, it brings us into a greater realm of faith. Faith is substance. Are y'all hearing me this morning? Like the, the same way that you know, like you're, it's tangible. It's a reality. It's a reality in another realm. So there are two realms that you live in right now. One is a natural and one is a spiritual, but they're not separate. They're intertwined. This is a, a biblical worldview of Christianity. The spirit realm is not separate from the natural realm. It's absolutely intertwined and superimposed and interwoven with the natural realm. This is why the Bible says that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And I emphasize that so much, I spit. I'm glad the rows aren't that close. Your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. And the word body is the word sark. Sometimes it's translated flesh. But your body, your flesh, your actual physical cells in your body, the spirit dwells within. That's powerful. And so I love this chapter. If Paul is the author of Hebrews, the author of Hebrews, obviously inspired by the Holy Spirit, we believe that faith is the assurance, the title deed, the confirmation, the substance of things hoped for. And look what it says there, divinely guaranteed. You know, there's a lot of hope in the church that's the wrong definition of hope. Hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is a holy anticipation of a spiritual reality. When the Lord called us to Rochester, I wasn't hoping that God was going to move in the sense that wishing that he was. I was assured and anticipating because there was spiritual faith and substance that he was manifesting the reality that God called us here to, to help facilitate the regional move of God that has been promised for decades to this region and if a promise is not received, it remains. And God is looking for people to 
have faith and trust in what he said was going to happen is actually going to happen. And when we came here because of a dream and many confirmations, of course, that encouraged my faith. But there was a spiritual substance in my heart. I can't explain it. It's like I know that I know that I know. It's like you know that you're born again. You know like you know your own name. Right? I'm just a somebody. I'm just a nobody. What's that old saying? I'm just a nobody. I'm messing it up. I'm just trying to say anybody. Something like that. You know the saying. I'm just a nobody. I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell somebody about somebody who can save anybody. Now, you, you remember, like, when you got saved, gosh, it was horrible. When you got saved, something entered your heart, right? You came, your spirit came alive unto God. He branded your heart. It's called being born again of the incorruptible seed of the word of God that lives and abides forever. You see, the seed of the word abides forever. And if a seed falls into the ground and it's not in the right environment and not received, it won't bring forth fruit. It's got to die and it's got to bring forth fruit. And a seed, even though it's not bringing forth fruit, still has all the power it needs to reproduce and do what it was created to do. And there are promises that have been spoken. I feel like a prophetic anointing on my life right now for you. There's a seed, a promise for this region that remains until we say, yes, God. No matter what it looks like, I want it. And that spiritual substance, when we moved out here, and I remember seeing the building. Uh, you can look at our forward campaign. There's, there's videos online. And I had all the faith in the world that I needed to see this thing finished. I remember thinking to myself, like, oh, we'll have this done in a couple years. Of course, I speak loosely, a couple years, few, whatever. It's been just over two years and we're about ready to break ground over here. Do you realize how supernatural this is? This is all God. Because faith is the substance. And hope is not wishful thinking. Hope is a holy anticipation. It's directly connected. Hope is like a container, like a basket or a shopping cart. When you go into the store and you fill your cart with good stuff... The good stuff is the substance and the spiritual reality of faith, what faith brings. The cart is the hope. You know, uh, my wife and I, actually, it, I think it was me and a couple of my kids, we go to the store the other day, and we're just, I think it was one of those days, every two weeks, we have a, uh, we have a craving for a good steak, except Sarah, because she's pescatarian, <laughs> whatever. Um, I'm just kidding. Fish is good for you, Sarah. Keep eating the salmon. Omega-3s. <laughs> Fatty fish. Good for you. So sometimes, how many know, like, there's something about a fatted calf. Mm, glory to God. <laughs> Don't make fun. Of, I talk about food when I preach all the time. I'll I'm going to be me. I'm just going to do me. You do you. I talk about food. I love food. Come on, somebody. Well, that's just carnal. No, it's not. He satisfies your mouth with good things. Mm, glory to God. If you're going to eat good food, make sure it's good food, right? Well, I'm just going to suffer for Jesus. Forget that, man. I'm going to feast for Jesus. I'm going to feast on the lamb. So we go to the store, and we just went for some good meat, a couple little things that we needed. You know, we usually collaborate. Hannah will do like a nice garden salad. We always got to make sure there's enough food for the pescatarians. Maybe we'll get some salmon or... As long as there's, you know, other foods for Sarah to eat. Sometimes we're like, oh, shoot, we only have meat. Sarah, you're going to have to make top ramen. Sorry. 
So we go to the store, little basket. We were hungry, but we went in to the store and we found ourselves like, oh man, we don't have enough space in this basket because we needed more things. And I walked, I said, you guys stay here. I'm going to walk back and I'm going to get a cart so we can get everything that we need. And I'm walking back and the Lord speaks to me in Wegmans. <sighs> Glory to God. And I'm walking back. He says, the same thing happens when people are hungry but not humble enough to come with the container that I've given them so that I can fill it to overflowing. See, we think it's humility. Like, well, I just want to come with my little basket and let the Lord fill it. That is selfish and not humble. That's false humility. Because what God wants to give you is not just for you. It's for people around you. The world's hungry. We got people to feed. And they're hungry for the love of God. And I remember grabbing this cart, and I'm like having church by myself. Oh, glory to God. God, I'm putting away my basket. In the spirit, I'm like, the Lord rebuked me. He says, stop being wishful about things. I'm a good father, and I want to give you things that you can't even dream of, man. Ephesians 3.20, now to him who is able to do exceedingly, come on, and abundantly above all we can think, hope, ask, or believe God for according to the power that works in us. We always leave that last part out. According to the power of God, dunamis, that works in us. So another time my wife and I go to Costco and we went for one thing. And that that was dumb. Why did we drive all across town? We drove across town. It's not far. It's not close. Right? It's whatever, 30 minutes or something. I don't pay attention anymore. Just drive, you know. And we go there and... uh, we're there for one thing. We're there for some pulled pork barbecue from Dinosaur Barbecue because it sounded good. Yeah. Praise God. What are we going to have for dinner? Let's have pulled pork sandwiches. Oh, yes, Jesus. Say yes, Lord. And so we go. And then we're like, well, why we're here? We kind of need peanut butter. Kind of need some cereal. Why we're here, we might as well get. And you know when you go to Costco, it's not just a little jar. It's like 14 huge jars all wrapped together in plastic. <laughs> it's a pallet of food. So we went in there to get one thing, no cart, no basket, me, Rochelle, and Layla. And if, if, if you ever go to the store with my daughter, Layla, she's nine years old, she wants everything. And when you go to the store hungry, you know that's bad. But we went in hungry, but we went in with small thinking. And we end up buying bulk, and we end up with two cartloads. And how many know the carts at Costco are not regular carts? Like, there's a little, there's a store back in Vegas. I don't even know if it's around anymore. It's called Pick and Save. And uh, it's like a dollar store kind of place. And they got li- these little tiny carts, you know. Little, what are those little tiny carts? I hate those things. So annoying. These little baskets. Costco, big old cart. Come on. That's what we need in the spirit. That's our hope, our expectation. God wants to fill our carts with good things. Because there's people around that need, they're hungry for the love of God. And I don't think I'm going to get to the text of Luke chapter 15. It was a really good sermon. You can listen to first service. But I really feel like the Lord is speaking to us to put away our small baskets and come to him because he's such a good father. And we can dream big. 
What does it look like to dream in a way where we put away our false humility thinking, well, I just want this little basket? No. There's so much more for your family, for your life, for your relationships, for your job, for your career, your vision, ministry, whatever it is, your church community. Let's put away the small container. Let's get the big Costco one. Let's get the heavenly one. God, there's so much in the storehouses of heaven for us, for you and I. Can you say amen? Amen. We stand up with me. I want to just pray for you right now. Happy birthday, Rochelle. I love you. You're amazing. Hope you have the best birthday ever. I saw the Lord. Um, I saw us in this building, and it was a woman's conference. And it was overflowing. And I got to be in the room because you always include me because you're so gracious and there was fire fire of the Holy Spirit put away your small basket baby every dream those seeds are from him don't belittle them receive them in the soil of your heart because he's going to perform that which he promised And sometimes there's fallow ground that comes through disappointment. I feel like the Lord is saying, break up your fallow ground because he's raining down. We're in a season where he's building a habitation. There's a glory, an increase of the presence. And the things even that you desire to see happen in the facilitation of this leadership and administration and executive leadership, God's going to provide it. God's going to provide it. And I just speak it right now. In the name of Jesus. And I bless you. And I just declare that fresh fire of heaven to fall all over your life now. In Jesus' name. Right now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you. You were like in this vision today. Like just inward vision in my spirit. You were like stomping. Remember that word I gave you about your platform, your heels? I saw this picture where her she was wearing flats, and then all of a sudden they just rose up, and all of a sudden she had heels. And the Lord says, I'm elevating your platform. And your shoes represent your anointing. It's an increase of anointing. And you know, anytime I get to bless you like this, my anointing increases. Because when you give it away, God gives you more. That's what it means to honor, y'all. You're not intimidated by someone else's gift. (laughs) You celebrate the gift of heaven. And you celebrate who someone is without, like Bill Johnson says, stumbling over who they're not. Stumbling over the other things. So, Father, I thank you for what you're doing in my beautiful bride's heart on your birthday. 9-11 is marked with tragedy, of course. and We won't forget that. But it's also marked in my life because it's your birthday with beauty. I'm so thankful that you were born. And you weren't born to just have an amazing husband like me and beautiful kids, but you were born to change the world. 
You were born to bring healing to broken women. And I don't know what's happening in your heart right now, but I just bless you. I bless you. Lift your hands with me and let's, I just want to just seal this word. Father, thank you for what you're doing. I thank you for our worship community taking it to the next level. Lord, I thank you for increase of anointing and excellence. We say yes as a people. If you're a leader in this place, in, in this church community, come on, lift your hands and just receive. Just receive. If you serve, if you're on the serve team, lift your hands. Say, Lord, Lord, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready, Lord. I'm ready to put away the basket, to, to take a larger paradigm, Lord, and receive the gifts that you have for my life. I thank you, Lord. Thank you for the promises over this region that they are being performed. Churches all in this region, not just in Counter, but churches all over this place that are your body, your city church that's saying yes to heaven. We thank you, Lord. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Seal it with praise, would you? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hi, Pastor Zach here at Encounter Church in Rochester, New York. Hope you were blessed by that message. And we want to give you an opportunity to sow into the ministry if you'd like to. If you would, just go to revival.me and click on the button that says give. Thanks again and have a blessed, blessed day.